Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Girls and Biz. If you're new here, my name is Molly, and if you're not new here, you're going to be wondering why Georgia's not saying that her name's Georgia. Um, well, today it is just me. Um, Georgia is currently away on holiday, and in case any of you weren't aware, October is actually Mental Health Awareness Month. Um, so if you couldn't tell by the title. That is what I'm going to be talking about today. I'm going to be kind of opening up about my experience with mental health, how I've dealt with it, especially as well how I've dealt with it whilst running a business. Um, and just I'm just going to open up a little bit uh, in hopes that it kind of helps some people. Um, and yeah, I mean, I've been pretty open about the fact that I go to therapy, but I've never really spoken about why I go to therapy. So this is what we're going to talk about today. And I'll be honest, I really don't know where to start. Um, I did put on the Girls in Biz Instagram story the other day, if anyone has any questions, which I'll go through at the end. Um, thank you for sending those in, by the way, because um, I've been really nervous about filming this all by myself. Like It's just weird. Just I'm like looking at myself on the screen and I'm like, this is so weird. Um, but anyway, I'm just going to get into it. And to be honest, like I said, I don't know where to start. So I'm just going to start right at the beginning. I'm going to give some background onto me so you can kind of know me, I guess. I really don't know. I'm just trying a load of shit now. Um, So if we go back to literally when I was like, God, how old would I have been? Five, five years old. Um, My parents got divorced. So I don't remember a single thing of them being together. I don't remember them being a couple or anything. The earliest memory that I have of them both is them sitting me and my brother down saying that they were going to have a divorce. At that time, obviously, I'm five years old. I don't really understand what's going on. So it didn't affect me too much in that exact moment, but it did really affect my brother as he was quite a lot older. He was going through his GCSEs at the time. So that really affected him. Um, I think as I got a little bit older, I was starting to understand it a little bit more I mean every other weekend I was having to pack up my bags to go over to my dad's and then pack up my bags for three weeks during the summer holidays and then obviously Christmas you do the midday switcheroo between the parents um so yeah it was a lot of moving around when I was younger and just as I was growing up as a whole um and obviously I'm going to be looking at other families and just thinking oh, I wish like you you walk you'll walk out of the house you'll go out into town or whatever and you'll see I don't know what the word is it's an actual word for this type of family but like the ideal which I'm quoting ideal perfect family so like a mum dad a son a daughter and like you'll see them out you, you'll see that they look happy and yeah that's I would look at that kind of family and I would wish that that was my family. Um, obviously, you don't know what goes on behind closed doors. I don't know these people. Like, that could be like a stepmom there rather than the actual mum or whatever. Or they could be going through some troubles themselves. But I would always look as an outsider and be like, I wish that was my family. I wish that's how I was brought up and things like that. And that's not anything against my parents in any way. I look back now and I wouldn't change a single thing. But at the time when I was younger, that is just all I ever wanted. And I do feel like going through that, it's really changed. I, I don't know. I can't really say change my perspective on relationships. But like, I think it's just, I don't even know how to explain it. It's just the reasons to why I see relationships the way that I do. Like when I finally have a boyfriend or partner or whatever, um, I want to make sure that this person is the right person. So like having kids and stuff, I don't, I mean, I don't think anyone goes into something thinking, oh, they're going to get a divorce or anything. I mean, I'd like to hope not anyway. Um, but I am so desperate to make sure that it's right so my whole life if I've even seen like the smallest red flag I'll be I'll kind of like run but I've definitely changed my ways now because of I mean everything that I've gone through 
<laughs> which I'm going to be going into, but like my whole life, especially like my early, I say my early 20s, I'm still in my early 20s, but like early 20s, like late teens, I've, I've always, my whole life, I've been thinking about family and like, as I've gotten older, obviously, having my own family is in my mind a lot more. I think about it every day. Having my own family is my Roman Empire. And anyone that doesn't know the Roman Empire trend is not going to understand what I'm talking about then. But essentially, if you do not know, apparently it's a whole thing that guys regularly think about the Roman Empire. Um, I don't know how true that is. Um, I've tested it on my dad and my dad just laughed at me. So I I don't know. I don't I don't know what the crack is with that trend. Um but yeah, having families and weddings and stuff like that is my Roman Empire. It's something that I really want to have. Um but obviously not anything I'm gonna rush. I think just because of the way that I felt when I was younger and obviously looking back and seeing how it affected my brother I would never want to do that to my kids obviously things happen um and like my my parents the reason why they got divorced was they didn't want me and my brother growing up in a loveless household so yeah I think that's a completely fair enough point decision whatever um but yeah, I'm just so adamant I want to get it right. So yeah, I mean, over the years, obviously, with any divorced parents, you've got the back and forth between the parents, ask your mother, ask your father, and it just ending in arguments and stuff like that, which obviously isn't ideal, but it's just one of them things, I guess. Um, I mean, no family's perfect in any way. Um... But yeah, I mean, that's kind of all I have to really say about the divorce part. Like, I mean, obviously it's had its difficult times and I've always wished that my parents got on better just to make my life and my brother's life a bit easier. Like when it comes to my brother's graduation, I'm just sitting in between my mum and dad and it's just the most awkward thing I've ever experienced in my life. But yeah, there's not much I can do about that. And that's something that I'm kind of learning at the minute of, trying to focus on the things that I can control rather than things that I can't control and that is definitely something I can't control so yeah it is what it is with that um but yeah there's not much really else to kind of say on that topic um I felt like it was kind of important to bring up because I mean it definitely is a like a contributing factor towards my view on relationships for sure Um, so that was kind of like the first life event that I experienced. Um, I think my next kind of major life event was actually getting Lyme's disease. So a lot of people actually know about Lyme's disease now. We've got Justin Bieber, you've got Bella Hadid, Avril Lavigne. There's loads of celebrities that have had it now. So there's a lot more awareness about it. Um, when I got it, I want to say I was seven maybe around that kind of age um I essentially I went over to Ireland and we went camping over there and we was in like a big field and also like a wooded bit and it was it was a really nice time away actually um but I came back home my mum noticed that I had a big rash on my leg so if you were to google Lyme's disease you will see the bullseye rash, which is what I had. And I had that on the back of my leg. And she took me to the doctors and I got a, I got given a cream. They didn't say what it was. They just gave me this cream. I went away. The rash got a lot worse. And then we went back to the doctors. I don't know what the time frames are. This was so long ago. And that's when they then said, yeah, we think this is Lyme's disease. They didn't really say much about it at the time um because I don't think there was much information about it to be honest and they gave me another cream to help with the rash and then the rash went away but obviously that cream's just treating the rash it's not treating what the disease is already doing inside so we obviously not knowing any information about it the rash went we kind of forgot about it over the years I was having a lot of joint pains 
especially in my knees and I was getting it a lot in my back um I was experiencing a lot of brain fog a lot of fatigue um I was really really into sports when I was younger I would play netball play football play tag rugby I did dance I probably did a lot more to be honest like and PE was probably like one of my favorite subjects in school at the time I lost interest in everything and I don't know if it's like the fatigue part the part that I was in pain obviously at that age it's just being passed off as growing pains but let me tell you about these pains (laughs) well I can't even I can't even explain what these pains were like it was like it was another level it was definitely another level but obviously if I'm being told it's growing pains I'm going to think oh it's growing pains everyone's going through it so I'm just like I've just got to shut up essentially um and yeah I just lost interest in a lot of things I was in pain every single day um I was really I'll be honest like I look back and I think I was actually a really intelligent kid I was doing really really well in school and then kind of out of nowhere my grades started dropping and nothing was staying in my head I was really struggling to actually contain information that I was learning um I don't know again if that's linked to Lyme's disease but or like the teachers the way that they were teaching me wasn't working for me um but that was something that I was really struggling with as well um and this is gonna be something I'm gonna come back to in a minute because I'm trying to keep everything on a timeline here so this will be very relevant in a minute um my next kind of like life event which went on god knows how long and I think a lot of people have experienced this is being bullied so in my opinion in school you're either the bully or you are being bullied um my main thing it was mainly like verbal stuff like I'd get told that I was ugly and that I was fat quite a lot and obviously just kids just aren't very nice they're not nice people at all and I by the way I keep looking down if you're watching this I keep looking down because I've written things down (laughs) I've written the points that I want to talk about down so I don't forget anything but yeah so yeah I get called ugly fat whatever and I don't know if being bullied has given me my love-hate relationship with food or what but like my whole my whole life I've been very just like small I've never been right I'm gonna quote it fat or anything I've always been very pretty I've been healthy I've never been underweight I've never been overweight I've always been healthy so to be called fat quite a lot of times over a period of time that's something that sticks in your head and even like as an adult I think about it a lot I'll look in the mirror quite a lot and not like what I see. I've got a whole list on my phone of surgeries that I want to make myself look better. And I genuinely don't think I'm the only person that does that. I think, unfortunately, like a lot of girls do that. And probably maybe like a lot of guys do that as well. And they just don't talk about it. I don't know. But I've got a whole list on my phone of things that I want done. So I feel prettier. Um... I genuinely think because of how long I was told that I was ugly for and obviously I then believe it I look back at myself and I'm like I'm saying this and I was such a sweet kid I was such an I've always been a nice person and I was such a sweet kid and I'll look back now and be like ugly and I look at myself now and I wouldn't say ugly as such I'd say if anyone compliments me, I'm like, oh, I, I look okay. <laughs> like I was, I was literally with someone the other day and they looked at themselves in the mirror. I was like, yeah, I look really good. And I was like, fucking hell. Love, I love that you think that about yourself. I love the confidence there. I wish I had that confidence because I'm way off that. Like, don't get me wrong. You might have your days where you're like, well, for me personally, I might do my makeup. I'm like, oh my God, my makeup looks really good. I wouldn't ever think I look really good. But like, I mean, you might take a selfie and think, actually, no, to be fair, I look good in this. And you obviously you'll post it. Overall, 90% of the time, I will look in the mirror and not like what I see. 
I won't like the way that my face looks. I won't like how my hair looks. I won't look like how my body looks. Um, but then there is 10% where I'm like, I'm feeling myself a little bit. But again, I don't think that's anything that's uncommon, to be honest. Um, I wish it was different. I wish I could at least aim for 50% of the time. But the thing is, we live in like a world where we compare ourselves to people on social media and like you look at other girls who are like dead skinny they look absolutely perfect in your opinion and you're like oh I wish I looked like her but in reality that girl's probably looking at other girls as well thinking that they wish they looked like them so it's just an endless cycle so it's another thing we can't help um I mean we can help the way that we look by having surgery but I'm not encouraging that everyone is beautiful in their own way which I can easily say to other people but I can't say to myself for some reason make that make sense so my bullying experience like I said was mainly verbal there were times where it was physical as well and I do look back at these times and was like I do kind of get a little bit emotional about it because I kind of, again, I imagine if it was my daughter that was going through this, like if I was to ever ever end up in prison, it would be because I've smacked a kid. Like I've punched a kid like full on in the face. Um, For legal reasons, that's a joke. But it actually, it actually angers me, the fact that kids do this. So there was one time so I used to go over to my I'm gonna quote this friends friends house in the, like every morning because my mum would go to work early and she couldn't take me to school and whatever um so I go around there there was this one time that we were playing hide and seek I hid behind her door and obviously where I'm like I don't know like going down on the door I'm putting this dressing gown that's on the door down with me and I accidentally break the hook that's on the door um and when this girl found me she saw that I broke the hook and I can't really remember what she said but she was like oh you broke my hook on my door and like obviously said some other stuff and probably called me like stupid or whatever I mean that's another thing I've been told quite a lot that I'm stupid but yeah so she then her and her oh my god her and her brother then kind of cornered me so I kind of picture this little I don't know maybe like eight-year-old girl curled up in a ball in the corner of a room being kicked and spat on for I don't know how long and I remember looking through their legs and there was another girl there just sitting on the bed watching again for legal reasons this is a joke I if I was ever end up in prison it's because I've knocked a kid out if they ever did that to my daughter or my son honestly I look back at that and I get really frustrated because at that time I never thought to tell anyone why did I not tell anyone I do not know I don't understand it I look back and I actually get really annoyed by it because in that moment you feel this big you feel so small and why the fuck did I not tell anyone? Why? Like, if I had just told my mum, she would have stopped me from going there. I know that she would have. So why didn't I do anything? It's weird. It's so weird. And I honestly, I've brought it up in my therapy sessions and I'm trying to understand it. And it's something we're working through. <laughs> like, why? why would I not tell someone? It's so weird. Anyway, yeah, so I think bullying definitely has had a big toll on my confidence and I feel like a lot of people would have experienced that and I think it's just something, like, as a teenager, I've said this before, I was very, very shy. I really, really cared about what people thought of me and, yeah, rather than speaking and saying something to embarrass myself I would just stay quiet even though what I was gonna say might have been perfectly fine 
I don't, I can't think of like specific examples. So I'm hoping this makes sense. Rather than ever speaking up and saying anything, I'll just keep quiet in case I say something to embarrass myself, which is actually only something that I've overcome in the past two years. And I genuinely think me setting up my own company has really helped with that. Like I, two years ago, if I met someone new, I'd be so shy. I wouldn't know what to say. And if I did, I'd kind of be putting on this kind of like fake personality in a sense of like trying to be confident and inside I'd be literally dying because I'd be so worried about someone judging me or whatever. But setting up my own company and having to force myself to get out there has really, really helped with my confidence. Don't get me wrong, I still care what people think about me, but like people that I, to an extent, I care about what people think about me to an extent. The people that matter to me, the people that I want to like me, I care about. So like say, say you're meeting your partner's parents for the first time, obviously I'm gonna care what they think about me but I'm not going to care about what some random online thinks about me. Why would I care? Like, I don't know them, and they don't know me well enough to even have an opinion on me, to be honest. But yeah, confidence is definitely something I've only kind of developed over the past two years. Don't get me wrong, I'm not, like, completely up there with confidence. Like, I definitely do have my days where I'm not, I feel really anxious, and I don't, don't feel confident at all. But being bullied, I think, is definitely character development for sure <laughs> um but I'm just gonna go kind of back into Lyme's disease now so like I said like we kind of forgot that I even had it it was forgotten about because there wasn't enough information when I was about 15 there was a big write-up online about Lyme's disease which my mum saw and she remembered that I was told that I had it when I was younger. So we went to the doctors and I had some blood tests and they then said, yeah, Lyme disease. And I got referred to Great Ormond Street Hospital, which I went to every few months until I was an adult because Great Ormond Street Hospital was a children's hospital. So I went there until um, like a couple months after I turned 18. So that was a whole experience in itself. I think my Lyme disease actually got worse the whole time that I was at Great Ormond Street Hospital. So not anything, obviously, of what they were doing. I was having all these different antibiotics and I feel like the whole time that I was on them, my symptoms were heightened. Um, so there was a few nights, I say a few nights, <laughs> I, couldn't, I, don't, I couldn't actually count how many nights this happened. Um, I would wake up in the middle of the night in an insane amount of pain it would be in my knees it'll be in my back it'll be in my chest like I'd feel like I couldn't walk I'd feel like my joints are locked up I feel like I'm getting that step what I'd how I oh how I would imagine it is to be stabbed I was feeling that pain and it was just it was really intense and that happened a fair few times I'd end up in A&E there was like times I was like put to all these different machines and obviously they're not really understanding what's going on but it's like um, yeah they're not really understanding what's going on and I don't really understand what's going on my mum doesn't know what's going on um so we're all just kind of like there and I'm just in pain and when it comes to physical pain for some reason my coping mechanism growing up was laughing because I've always found it embarrassing to cry in front of people so I'd kind of play it off with a laugh so like I'm laughing at myself so they can kind of laugh with me and not like no one's ever going to laugh at you for crying. Um, I mean, some people might, but people aren't going to laugh at you for crying. I would just kind of like laugh it off. So it looks like I'm laughing at myself anyway. So if people laugh at me that I'm laughing, I don't know. Clearly like some kind of weird self-defense mechanism that I developed somehow <laughs> for some reason. Um, so yeah, I wasn't really taken very seriously because I'm just like it's okay like I'm I feel like I'm being stabbed and I'm in so much pain but I'm laughing like what's that all about weird yeah I went on loads of different courses of antibiotics I had loads of blood tests taken every time I went up there and at the end of it they referred me was it at the end of it I can't remember if it was at the end of it but 
at some point along the line they referred me to CAMS which if you don't know what CAMS is it's child adolescent I could be getting this wrong but it's something like this child adolescent mental health services so they referred me there for counselling because they think it was affecting me more mentally so I had one session there and I'll be honest it wasn't very good it wasn't very good at all so and I think that's actually I've seen it a few times come up on my social media about people talking about their experience of cams and it not being very good so I had one session with them and by the end of it she said that I had an eating disorder and she referred me to something called feds and I can't remember what the f stands for but I'm assuming that EDS is eating disorder services so I got referred there and literally feds called me up a couple of weeks later saying basically just saying do you have an eating disorder I'm obviously gonna go like no and they were like okay and that was it I don't think they should be speaking to the person directly I don't look back I don't think I've got an eating disorder I do just have a very love-hate relationship with food and I don't know if it's because I know with Lyme disease you can have a food sensitivity I don't know if it's that or I don't know it could be that or it could be the fact that I was literally told for many many years that I was fat so now I do everything I can to avoid getting to what's considered fat um and I just didn't ever feel good enough I never felt good enough for anyone and I mean even now I don't even feel good enough for myself like I look in the mirror and I won't see who I want to see I obviously everyone wants to look in the mirror and see someone that they think is absolutely like beautiful and like perfect and I don't look in the mirror and I uh, and see that and I beat myself up over it genuinely don't think I'm alone with that one so I think that that combining it with trying to run your own business can be really hard when I set up social cloud digital obviously I knew I had to show my face because people want to see who it is that they're going to be talking to who's going to be doing their social media and like whatever I knew that was a really important thing for me to do but I could not bring myself to go on and post anything online without a filter so every video that I did like I needed to have the right lighting my hair needed to look good my makeup needed to look good and I needed to have the right filter and I would use some heavy filters I look back and I cringe but at that point I cared so much about what people thought about me what people thought that I looked like and I just didn't feel good enough don't get me wrong I still don't feel good enough if I'm being completely honest but I've just got confidence now I've got confidence in and I just don't care I just don't care as much I think along with that for a while I was like am I on the right path of life which is quite deep because I mean does anyone ever know for definite if they're on the right path no probably not but I think I've always kind of imagined I get this feeling and that hasn't happened I don't know why I'd imagined that I get some kind of feeling knowing that I'm on the right path but I think as long as you enjoy what you're doing, which I do, I enjoy what I do for work, then you're doing the right thing. At the end of the day, you do it. I've, I've, I've gone quite deep here. You do only live once. You got to live your life for you. And for such a long time, I was living my life through the eyes of other people, through like me caring a lot about what they think and me not saying certain things so I didn't upset people but I was upsetting myself more by not saying these things or doing something you've got to live your life for you because you only experience your life through your eyes so if someone's making you feel like shit tell them that you're that they're making you feel like shit obviously if it's like justifiable like if someone's really mugging you off go for it but if if you're just having like an off day maybe just like let it sit for a minute and think about it but for me if I think someone's being a dick I'm gonna tell them they're being a dick and I'm gonna distance myself from them because I think I mean they need to learn what they're doing is like a dick thing to do so they don't hurt other people um so 
I don't actually know where I was going with that. I actually, I've actually completely lost my thought process. I'm not going to lie. Um, yeah, long story short, please live your life through your eyes. Stop caring about what other people think. Because I mean, in three generations time, everyone who knows you right now will be gone, including the people whose opinions you let get to you what's the point life is so short man you just got to do it what you want to do do it stop letting other people hold you back look at me being inspirational um (laughs) not inspirational at all I've literally just like admitted that I don't ever feel good enough um but anyway another thing that I want to talk about again this is kind of like a trigger warning is sexual assault so unfortunately this is something that quite a lot of people experience I know a lot of girls experience it I've never really known a lot of guys to experience it but I'm sure that they do definitely also experience this unfortunately I've been sexually assaulted three times uh by three different people um all guys See, I don't know if I'm going to keep this in. I keep pausing. Um, This, I do find, I kind of laugh about it because either I laugh or I cry. And I've already admitted I don't like crying in front of people. So my kind of, my experience with sexual assault, which sounds so fucked up to say that I even have to say it, Every occasion has been when I've been asleep. So you're probably wondering, well, how do you know? So on two occasions, I woke up to someone doing something. There was one time where I woke up to them zipping my trousers back up. And there was one time where someone was just touching me and I didn't really know what to do. So I kind of like, I was like paused in shock. I, I didn't know what to do. Um, those two times, I don't look back on in anger as such because the guys who this happened with, I don't know if they realised that I wasn't awake when they were doing these things. This other time that I'm about to go into, I know for a fact he knew that I was asleep and it was the reason why he did it. Um, so it was a guy that I was seeing at the time and I had to travel quite far to go see him. So it was like a weekend I was going to spend up there and on the way up, I said to him, I'm due on my period that I don't want to do anything like that this weekend when I see you. And he was like, okay, that seemed understanding. I mean, he should be understanding anyways. Um, so I go up there and it's fine. I think, I think it happened on the first night that I stayed there. And I, I woke up in the morning and he was already awake. And he, the first thing that he said to me was, I fingered you in your sleep earlier. And um, I don't know how to explain this kind of feeling to anyone, but I think that, that experience, it makes you feel like shit. Like, genuinely, I, I don't know how to explain it, but it makes you feel like a piece of shit when someone does that to you. And obviously in that moment, I don't remember what I said. I don't remember what I did in that moment. But I remember being like, what the fuck? And I was scared. Obviously, I was scared. Like, I'm far away from home. I don't go home until tomorrow. And I didn't drive or anything. And 
I felt like I was stuck there with this guy that's just sexually assaulted me and I don't go home for another day. He might do it again tonight. And like, I was just kind of like freaking out. I think in that moment, I tried to be calm um, because I knew that I had to spend another night there. Obviously, when I got back, that ended, which he really wasn't happy with. And um, I went to my friends and told her about it. And um, she saw she saw him a few weeks later with all of his friends. And I think the story that he's, he's told his friends is very, very interesting and um, makes it not look as bad as what it was at all. And I think just shit like that, it just shows how people were scared to go to the police about these things because what if you're not believed what like that i hadn't got any evidence of what he did i don't know exactly what he did i was actually asleep like i didn't wake up to him doing anything like the other times i woke up to him telling me i fingered you in your sleep he knew that i was asleep did he uh, did he tell his friends that no he told his friends that he just wanted me to, he just wanted to wake me up in that way. So like a good morning wake up call kind of thing. Fuck off. Like, what? And his friends believed him and they're like, yeah, no, that's fine. Did it not ring any alarm bells? Oh, wait, she, did she not wake up? No? Okay, so that really affected me, and I mean, I don't know if it's something that you can ever really get over from, to be honest, which is fucking shit that this this guy wanted to do that to me whilst I was asleep, and now it's going to kind of stick with me for the rest of my life, you know, thanks for that. I never ever want to see this guy ever again. I'm terrified to see this guy. I never want to see his friends either. I just see all these things online as well about how women have it so much easier. Like men are the workers. And I think there was like some guy that was on a podcast, like men build homes, women move in. Like women have it so much easier. But like, not to say men don't go through this as well, but it's so much more common for women to have this kind of like sexual assault sexual harassment like rape from men it's not easier at all like I've had occasions where I'm literally being followed home is that easy I don't think so like it's scary it's scary as fuck anyway (laughs) um the next thing I'm going to be talking about is something that I've recently gone through which is grief I say recent I don't really know if it's considered recent or not it happened a year ago so I went away I had a lovely holiday I came back and it was an absolute shit show like I called my dad the day that I came back and my dad goes oh just to let you know I might have cancer. Okay, right. We'll see what the tests are like. Hopefully they're negative and it's fine. Um, That was that. A week or so later, I get a text from my dad going, just so you know, Nan's been taken to hospital with a bleed on the brain. I'll let you know when I've got more information. So I remember exactly what I was doing when I got that message. I was in the middle of working. I was actually making lip filler content at the time. And I just like stopped everything. And mate, I was just crying the rest of the day. That's not a text you want to receive at all. And I was prepared to drop absolutely everything to go up. And like they, that my grandparents weren't local. So 
a travel app it'll be really like three hours maybe I can't really remember exactly how long it takes to get there um but I was like prepared to drop absolutely everything stop work to go see her but I was obviously a mess and to be honest like I made the decision to not go because of how emotional I was and that wouldn't have ended well driving on the motorway crying your eyes out I don't think that's a good mix so I didn't go um the next morning I get a message saying that my nan had died um obviously it's it was quite sudden at the time I had like a day warning I guess but still quite sudden um so the next like week I'm just crying um my dad's tests come back positive so my dad had cancer couple weeks later is my nan's funeral I traveled up the day before and I get to an Airbnb where I'm meeting the rest of my family and I find out that my uncle Harold had died that morning so my uncle Harold was actually my granddad's cousin but you know when you've got someone that's really close with your family and you call them like your uncle your auntie or whatever but um yeah my whole childhood whenever I went to see my grandparents he would be there I kind of saw him as like another granddad in a way um so I find out very suddenly he died that morning he woke up not feeling very well and then a few hours later he died that was really really hard to process I mean obviously at the time I'm like in a room with my family I can't cry in front of people so I'm like, oh, right, like trying not to cry. Obviously, then the next day I've got my nan's funeral again. Try not to cry, and then I go home. I drop my sister off home, and I just cry the whole car journey. And I'll be honest, that my brain just checked out for months. I was, I really was not in a good way for such a long time. And I, it just, it really affected me. I mean, it would, it would affect anyone. But losing two people that I cared about in such a short period of time, and obviously dealing with my dad that's got cancer, it was, it was a lot. It was a lot to process and, I didn't talk to anyone about it. I didn't talk to anyone about how I felt or how I, I truly felt about things. And I made it so much worse for myself by not talking, by not being around the right people. I made it so much worse for myself. And I'll be honest, like I got to a point, I, I didn't want to be here anymore, which is... is quite a hard thing to say I mean I didn't want to I didn't want to do anything to myself I would never do anything to myself but I didn't want to be here anymore so in my head I thought well if I'm not here I'm not going to be conscious to be feeling the way that I do so it would be easier and then I kind of felt like a burden because people could tell that I was down but they didn't really know what to say and then if I did get upset, like, I just felt like a burden. So I did just think, oh, might be easier if I just wasn't here. And I think because I was having these thoughts quite frequently, I had nightmares every single night for months. Um, Well, for at least like a long time. And it would be the same kind of thing. It would be someone trying to get me and someone trying to kill me. Um, And then after a little while of having these nightmares, I kind of, like, developed a sleep anxiety. I'd be up all night. I'd probably have, like... I'd go to sleep eventually, obviously, but I wouldn't have very much sleep at all. Like, if I managed to get to sleep early, I'd be awake multiple times in the night after having nightmares. 
or like I just won't go to sleep I'll just be scrolling on TikTok for hours keep my mind busy and just get to the point where I just pass out and I've just got like no choice but to sleep I just didn't want to go to sleep because of I was scared I was scared about having these nightmares and obviously because where I'm not sleeping I'm feeling very anxious I'm not wanting to be here anymore I started having anxiety attacks more frequently um I did start getting anxiety attacks a fair few years ago now and I went to the doctors about it and I do have medicine for it for when I do feel a bit on edge which which I do take if I feel like I need them um but I was just I was just a mess I couldn't sleep I was scared to sleep if I did sleep I have a nightmare I'd cry every single day and I didn't stop I didn't stop working I didn't let myself process what was going on like I don't know if that would have helped me or not but I was just trying to keep busy I was trying to do everything to avoid how I felt because as soon as I started thinking about how I felt I'd get upset um so after a while I started thinking of how how can I get out of this so I don't want to be in a rut forever and I started having psychic readings so I think I've spoken about my psychic readings before in this podcast but I started having psychic readings and I don't know I don't know if they work I don't know if they work 100% but in my head, if they are working, then my Uncle Harold and my Nan know that I'm thinking of them and that I care about them and they know that I'm trying to reach them. Um, so in a way, it kind of calmed me a little bit, like the guilt in me that I got from grief of like not seeing them because obviously, like I said, I was going to drop everything to go say goodbye to my Nan. My Uncle Harold, I was going to go see him after my Nan's funeral. Obviously, he went the day before so I couldn't go see him um and yeah I never really understood grief and I hadn't really experienced grief before last year I mean I had a there was a kid in my year that died of leukemia when I was in year six I had my friend's nine, my friend's nine, my friend's nan died and I was really close with her family Um, and I mean I had my cat die as well, that was really sad but other than that this was the first kind of grief that I had experienced so I didn't know what to expect and you do kind of go into it thinking that it's going to be like the five stages, I can't remember what the five stages are but you think it's going to all come in order and then it will go but no it's literally all over the place and grief really comes in waves and one day you'll wake up and you'll feel okay and for me if I wake up and I feel okay I feel guilty like I'm not allowing myself to move on from it which is really frustrating and I can't get myself to stop it if I have a good day I will beat myself up over it because I'll be like why should I have a good day my nan and my uncle Harold are gone I should be feeling sad and I'll get in my head about it um but I think that's just something I think over time the more kind of like good days that I have I'll kind of start to learn that it's okay to be happy because I mean that's all I ever want all I want is for myself to be happy I want my I want to look in the mirror and be like she looks good she's happy and she's got her shit together but in reality, nobody has their shit together. Everyone's hurting. Everyone's learning. Everyone's growing all in different ways. And that's why I kind of like preach a lot of like being nice to everyone because you might see someone on the street which you might think looks like shit. They could be going through the worst possible time ever. Or you could see someone who walking along the street looks absolutely pristine. Like it could be a woman that's got, she looks unreal she's got her makeup she's got her hair she's got like heels on and stuff like that she looks like she's got her shit together she might not have her shit together but you don't know that so be nice to everyone and another thing that I've learned from kind of dealing with my anxiety attacks and just kind of like 
I like to think I understand emotions a lot. So I kind of, I, I don't know why. I just fit, I think about emotions a lot, how it makes me feel. And I also really try and understand how other people feel a lot. And from what I've learned, anxiousness is a lack of gratitude. You're not going to be feeling anxious if you're grateful. So one thing that I'm trying to learn what to do is to be grateful. I think once you feel grateful about what you've got and the things that happen to you and the things that are coming, you shouldn't feel as anxious. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, you can't change anything in your life without gratitude. So that's one thing that I'm learning. Uh, Sharing my wisdom there. Um, But going off of that as well, like, you need to, if you want to learn to have more gratitude, you've got to hold yourself accountable. And it's never too late to hold yourself accountable into becoming the best person that you can be. So literally being nice to people, being grateful. And I know that some people, what are those sayings called? Um, affirmations. Some people like to do like gratitude affirmations. Um, and I've said before, obviously, that I've been reading the book, The Secret. And in that there's, they talk about someone who woke up every day and before they've even got out of bed, they've said thank you in their head, like, however many times you you've got to be you've got to have gratitude you've got to be grateful and if you're grateful you won't feel anxious but that's a lot easier said than done so I'm not gonna go too into detail about my grieving process and stuff like that but that is the main factor as to why I go to therapy because I'm finding it very hard to process it because of how they were both very sudden and within a short period of time um but I'll be honest the past two years of me setting up my company like I don't I look back I do not recognize the person that I was before social cloud digital which sounds insane and sounds like what do you mean what do you mean you don't recognize that person like is it that deep the amount that I've grown in the past two years like is insane the way that I've like after everything that I've gone through emotionally like I used to be very closed off and my whole life I've been called cold like cold cold hearted and stuff like that but like this emotional trauma that I've gone through has honestly opened my eyes so much and it's made me in the least fucked up way possible it's made me a better person because I've what I've considered myself to be at the lowest point ever I never the people that I've got around me I never want them to ever experience that so I will go out my way and make sure that people feel loved people feel cared and that that is something that I'm doing as part of my healing process because I mean it makes you feel good in yourself when you're helping other people and all I ever want is for people to know that I care because I think that's just so important because at that time not that people weren't showing it to me at all but at that time when I was low I wasn't talking about anything so people didn't know how to help me and in my head I was thinking no one cares so I'm just like I want everyone to know that I care and for such a long time because I wasn't talking I felt so emotionally isolated and I was just I don't really know I think I felt emotionally isolated for a long time before the whole grief grieving process and stuff like that obviously had a lot of things happen before what happened last year and I just emotionally isolated myself And what I would say to people is if you are struggling, don't apologise for struggling. Don't apologise to anyone for struggling. Don't apologise for the way that you feel. How you feel, obviously to an extent, like (laughs) 
I don't know what some people are feeling out there, but what you feel is valid and you're going to be okay. So I feel like I'm being very inspirational today. I think kind of going back to self-worth and feeling good enough and stuff like that. For a long time for me, I, and I know that I'm not the only person that does this. I, I mean, I still do it now. I beat myself up. I don't know what's wrong with me. I beat myself up. I've achieved the goals that I've wanted to achieve, but in my head, I'm still thinking, oh, but you could do better. Like, did you did you work that hard? Like, did you really work hard enough to get that? Um, like, you you can you can do better. You can you can get to the next goal. And like, if I achieved a goal, I wouldn't celebrate it. And I think that's really important especially when you're running your own company by yourself, celebrate the little goals. No matter how small they are, if it's made you feel good that you've achieved that, you've got to celebrate it. Or if you feel like you should be feeling good and you're not feeling good, celebrate it and then you'll feel good. But I just never celebrated it. Like I, it's, it's definitely a thing. It's definitely a confidence thing. I'm always wanting more for myself. And I get frustrated when I'm not achieving more just yet. And I know that's not something I go through alone. So I hope that kind of helps other people out there that feel similar and they feel like maybe they're like feeling that emotion by themselves. Um, but I feel like I'm going all over the place. So I'm going to go onto Instagram now. And I'm just going to have a look and see what people have sent in questions wise and whatever about this episode. Right. So I've got some questions up. I am conscious that I've actually spoken for a little while. I don't remember when I started recording, but I'm not going to do all of them. I'm just going to do some of them, if that's okay. Um. Has therapy helped you and would you recommend it to people either through NHS or private? Personally, through my experience, I would recommend going private. Um, I know with the NHS, you've got a wait. I don't know what the waiting list like. And my experience when I got the counselling through NHS, it wasn't good. Not to say that that's what everyone's experience would be, but that's just my personal experience. And... I go private now so I pay for my therapy each week and I think it's great personally. Do you feel positive about the future? This is a very deep question. When I think about the future so like I said earlier every single day I mean having a family and getting married and stuff is my Roman empire so I think about that every day so everything that I do for work everything that I do generally I've got that in my mind like what I'm doing now for work I'm doing for like my future kids or my future partner my future husband whatever so I'm constantly thinking about the future which might be a bad thing because I feel like I'm not very present and obviously that might be the reason why I don't ever celebrate any small wins because I'm always looking at the bigger picture and the biggest goal in my life which is obviously to have a family and stuff. So, yeah, I think about the future a lot. And, I mean, sometimes it's positive, sometimes it's negative, but I think that's very normal. But, yeah. I don't know if I even answered that question. But, yeah. Um, So, sometimes, so this is a message that we've received sometimes when I get overwhelmed I close off what advice do you have that helps you stay motivated especially of my mental health this is a big question this is a very very big question when I get overwhelmed I I go shopping (laughs) um so I wouldn't take that as a piece of advice I don't think that's a very healthy way of doing it, but I do retail therapy. Um, I, it's just something that I enjoy. So maybe what you can take from that is maybe take time away 
to do something that you enjoy. So if you've got your own company, maybe if you can, yeah, if you can, have the day off because if you don't take that break, you're just going to make it worse and then you're going to get burnt out and then it's going to affect you and it's going to affect the people around you. So take some time out, do something that you like doing, whatever that may be. Just for me, it's shopping, apparently. Um, and just, yeah, take that break. And hopefully the next day you feel a lot better. If not, if you can, just take another day just to kind of get yourself back on track with work. I'd recommend not taking too much time off, like if it's just like a day or whatever. Um, Obviously, you can do things like holidays and stuff like that, but um it's very easy to get overwhelmed quite a lot so I think you've got to you've got to look out for yourself but you've got to be strict with yourself at the same time when you've got your own company so you don't want to take too much time off so then it kind of goes a bit wrong um so what I would say take one full day off do something that you love doing and then the next day, if you're still not feeling 100%, maybe just ease back into the work day. Maybe just do some like little things or maybe start later or finish earlier or whatever you want to do. Maybe just ease into it. And then the next day, kind of go back to normal. Um, I mean, for me, I work like every day. So recently, I've been feeling overwhelmed. So I have gone shopping a fair amount <laughs> um but I've kind of let myself do that because for the longest time I was working seven days a week for months and months and months and months and months and months, and months. so I've been letting myself do that because in my head I think I deserve that break and I've gone through a lot in the past two years so two years year particularly um so I've been easy on myself but I think I think I can stop with the shopping now, maybe for the time being. Um, but you definitely need that break. Otherwise, you are going to stay unmotivated and you're going to hate what you do and you're going to get burnt out. And ultimately, it's going to affect your mental health. It's going to affect other people around you. So that's what I would recommend. I don't know if that's good advice or not. Um, but... Yeah, I'm just going to stick with those three because I really don't know how long I've been doing this for. Um, I hope that this episode has kind of helped people. I hope I've given some kind of good advice. I know, like, this is obviously very specific to my personal experience and, like, my life and stuff like that. But if there's anything that you can kind of resonate with and it's helped you in any way, that's my main goal for this. Um, obviously like there's some things I've just kind of explained what I've gone through and how it's affected me I haven't really given much advice on some things like things like the sleep anxiety stuff like that I just kind of got over eventually I mean I can't if I'm not in bed with someone I have to have sound and like a tv on because I can't be alone with my thoughts and don't get me wrong I go through phases where like still to this day where I can't sleep and it's not that I'm scared maybe subconsciously I'm scared but I just can't bring myself to sleep so I need and that my brain's so active as well and I'm thinking about all different things I'm thinking about all the shit things I'm thinking about loads of different things and so having some noise on kind of stops me from thinking that for some reason somehow so when this episode comes out, it's going to be on the 9th of October. The 10th of October is um, Mental Health Awareness Day, I think. Um, but obviously the whole month is like a mental health awareness month. So um, all I would say is to round it off, be nice to everyone, have gratitude and go easy on yourself especially if you don't feel happy about where you are in life um you could be at any age and not feel happy where you are and all I would say is you just need to slow down and be gentle with yourself because I mean look at how far you've come 
like if you go back to yourself like 10 years ago or however many years ago you want to think of but I I personally I go back to myself five years ago person five years ago would be so happy that I'm doing what I'm doing right now and that I'm I'm got I've got my own company and I've progressed my own company enough that I it's the only thing that I do I work in it full time and yeah I've come a long way but sometimes it's so easy to get so fixated on the future that you forget about how far you've come from the past so please just go easy on yourself whether whether that is work whether that's you emotionally like I'll be honest I when I've been crying sometimes I'll take a photo of myself crying in hopes that I mean I started doing it about a year ago in hopes that in like a year's time I'll feel so much better and I'll look at myself and realize how far that I've come um haven't come that far yet (laughs) but I'm sure one day I will look back and I'll realize how far I've come emotionally and mentally work-wise whatever wise and and I'll just feel proud of myself so maybe just take a minute to reflect as well just go away and reflect on how far you've come and that should make you hopefully feel a little bit happier but yeah I hope you enjoyed today's episode if you've listened to us a few times it would be really grateful if you could rate us you can do that on Spotify or Apple Podcasts um also we are on YouTube which you may be watching us on I don't know um so you can subscribe to us you can like you can comment and then you can also find us on social media so we're on Instagram and our username is girlsinbiz underscore but if you go to the notes section on this episode then you'll be able to just click the link and get taken right there um but yeah I'll see you next week bye